I was a victim of a cult that abused me and traumatized me. And I was lucky because I got out and I was able to get into a, a, a job where I made good money mm-hmm. so that I could invest in my healing. But I spent tens of thousands of dollars to heal myself. Hey, and thanks for coming back to Please Don't Tell Anyone. I'm Molly Clark, your host, and this is the podcast where you hear unexpected stories by ordinary people. I go in blind to all my interviews, only going off of the submission that was written in by the guests so that I can hear the story firsthand, just like you. Please don't tell anyone. I said, please don't tell anyone. Don't tell, I said, don't please tell. don't tell anyone. Please don't tell anyone. Don't tell. I said, don't please tell. don't tell anyone. I said, please don't tell anyone. Don't tell. Begin, don't please. Tell. I really tried to keep this one to not know a lot about you. I watched like half of that video where you explain what you're about to go into for an hour. Okay. But then I was like, I don't want to hear more because it's already so amazing. I'm so excited. Because I want to be able to ask you questions. Cool. Um, What I know about you is your name is Ben. Yes. I just learned you're from Salt Lake City. which Salt Lake City. Checks out because... Your bio on TikTok says that you, do you know the direct quote? It's like escaped. I escaped a Mormon polygamist compound. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I'm, I'm what, when people think of, uh, what people are in Utah, most people in Utah are not that like most people in Utah don't have tons of moms and tons of siblings, but I do. Well, when people think I'm going to tell you here, when they think of that, they actually do. Like they think. They think everyone is Mormon. They think everyone is me. And, yes. And not, not even not even all Mormons are me because there's a big spectrum of Mormons. I just come from the most crazy part of Mormonism. That's really fucking amazing. It's really cool. Yeah, it's it was a good time. But your emphasis on escaped, you don't want you didn't want to be in that anymore. I didn't No. So so I grew up on and I what's funny is I actually didn't even grow up in Utah. I'm from I'm a Wyoming polygamist. OK. Which is kind of like Utah polygamists. They're just poorer and they have more fireworks. Is poly can let's just first start with the basics because I'm literally so ignorant to this. OK. Is Mormon the core of all this? Yes. So Mormonism is a is a big cult. Okay. That, that, and all the Mormons will hate me for saying that. But then they shouldn't be in a cult. Yeah. But Mormonism is a big cult that got started like in 1830 by this guy named Joseph Smith. Okay. And he told people that he saw God in Jesus and that he found... Have you seen like the South Park episode about Mormons? Yeah. Okay. Well, you should check it out. It's okay. hysterical and 90% accurate. Okay. But he found... He told everyone that an angel came to him and like told him where golden plates were buried in the dirt. Why did everyone believe him? Nobody did. Like everyone, well, very, obviously they did because then they started. Very few people did, okay. right? Most, most everyone was like, "Joseph, you're making shit up again." Yeah, get the fuck out of our. Can yeah. I say fuck on this? Oh yes, you can say whatever you want. Okay, you good. can say Joseph sucked everyone's cock in the community. Uh, Joseph right Smith sucked everyone's <laughs> cock. He actually didn't. Well, would, we'll get into that because I'm would be, interested in the. It would be views. more fun if he had. So he 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 tells everyone that, and not everyone believes him. But I mean, cults always attract vulnerable people. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, if, like if you think about a cult that starts today, mm-hmm. it attracts vulnerable people, people who often are isolated and don't have a strong sense of community mm-hmm. or don't or are in a, a time when they're feeling really desperate. Right. So it attracted those kind of people back then. Yeah. And then because they were super weird and because everyone back then was a little bit more dickish than they are today. Yeah. They kept getting kicked out of places. Got it. Also because Joseph Smith kept marrying 14 year old girls, which is a thing that cult leaders do all the time. Yeah. It's kind of like one of the ways you can know if you're in a cult is does your leader go after teenagers? And if he does, you should bail because you're totally in a cult. 
Interesting. But he did that and then they kept kicking him out and then eventually he was murdered. Mm. Um, and but someone he, liked his ideas because they kept running with it. Right, yeah. So this dude named Brigham Young was like, I'm going to... Oh, gonna, holy I, shit. Right. Well, I've seen the TikToks. It is insane to me that we that there is a university in America that is like nationally ranked and like does like does all the things that normal universities do yeah. and is named after Brigham fucking Young. Because literally this dude... He said he said crazy shit. Like if you if a white man mixes his seed with a black woman, yes, that's he should be killed on the spot. Yeah, right. So I grew up my my. That's what I was taught as a child. I don't know how you unwire that. Uh, It takes it takes a lot of therapy and a lot of money. So and just being a decent person. Now that we have that foundation, yeah, but. Yeah, so let me let me finish with, with the foundation. Yes, so please. so uh, so uh, Brigham Young takes over after Joseph Smith dies, mm-hmm. and he basically gets about fifteen thousand Mormons to go into Utah. Mm-hmm. This is like eighteen fifty. So okay. Utah is nothing, right? Utah is not even a part of America. Yeah. It's like part of Mexico. They come in. There's no Sundance going on. There's no Sundance happening. Mm. Park City is not a thing. Mm. There is no skiing. Mm. There is just death wow. and uh, sadness. And they go out there and then they marry each other for 150 years. And that's Mormonism. And so as that happens, they, the, the group kind of splinters. So in 1890, when Utah was becoming a state, they were like, the, the, the U.S. government was like, in order to become a state, you have to stop living polygamy. Like, you just have to stop doing that. Polygamy meaning? Meaning one man, multiple wives. Multiple wives. So Joseph Smith married like 37 women. And does this include like incestual marriages? Uh, you, I, I don't know very many examples of that. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess it depends on what you count as incest. Because it's all in the Mormon <laughs> It is all, community. yeah, it is all in the Mormon community. So the, I, the, the entire Mormon community is very insular. So there is like a lot yeah. of, in, like there are third and fourth cousins That's getting what I was, married. Yeah. yeah. So that happens all the time. Um, uh, but, but the polygamy thing gets, most of the Mormons stopped doing that mm-hmm. in 1890. But a bunch of them are like, this is what God told us to do. Yeah. So we're going to keep doing that. And so the group kind of splinters. So there's the LDS church, which is what, when you think of like the Book of Mormon musical yes. or like the dudes in the white shirts mm-hmm. with the name tags, those are LDS Mormons. They don't practice polygamy yes. in this life. So when you die, you can have Oh, so they're lives. waiting to die to they're go fuck to, everyone. to go fuck. Well, not fuck because you don't really fuck in Mormonism. What do you do? You uh, make love? have sacred sex to make babies. Oh, there's nothing fun. Yeah, very little fun. No doggy, no toys. No. I mean, it's not, it depends. Like, so for example, uh, uh, when I, like, just when I got, so I, I went from Mormonism to, for, from like polygamy Mormonism to LDS Mormonism. It was like my cult step down program. Hmm. Are you still LDS? No, okay. no, I bailed on all of that. Yeah. So, so when I, but when I left, uh, <laughs> when I, when, when I left Mormon polygamy and I joined more, the LDS church, yeah. I, I got married and then I got, I went to like a, uh, like a class for newly married people, right. That the Mormons put on. And in that class, they told us that oral sex was sinful. Mm, that sucks. It, it doesn't actually, because there was no sucking allowed mm. because it was sinful. That's hilarious. So, so when I say, so when people talk about Mormonism, they usually think of the LDS church, Mm -hmm. but Mormonism is much more broad than that. Right. Yeah. And the LDS church hates being lumped in with the other polygamists. I'm sure. We're not like that, but it's like, uh, yeah, you are like, it's you just cause you're ashamed of your weird polygamous cousins doesn't mean that you're not related. It's the same thing. And so I grew up thinking of myself as Mormon. And then when I left the polygamous sect, I, I just joined the LDS church and then I left that entirely. 
Okay. So that's kind of the foundation. So the that context, is an amazing foundation. The context for that is like it's a cult. It's the longest running U.S. cult. It's been around for two hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, the LDS Church is worth like over a hundred billion dollars. Which what, is, what's, how, what's the main source of money for Mormons? Uh, so the the LDS Church collects tithing, so that they charge members ten percent of their income. Oh wow! Yeah, in order to be in order to be a faithful Mormon, you have to pay ten percent of your income, and then they've just been investing that shit for. And then do you also years. have to pay U.S. taxes? Yes. Yeah. So you're just getting fucked. You're just getting fucked. But you're getting provided. But you get to go to a heaven. Community. Yeah, it's for a community that'll like control you and make sure that you're not yeah, masturbating yeah, yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. which is helpful. Got it. So, what what would be seen as the pros, like? The pros. What's the reason, like, people, I'm sure not everyone's happy with your choice to leave. Why do they right. like it? Why isn't everyone leaving? So, uh, well, actually, a lot of people are. So, oh, so Mormonism is kind of, it's hemorrhaging right now. There are tons and tons of people leaving. But I would say, yeah, the, the main reason that people stay and probably the main reason people join is community. Yeah. That Mormons are really, really good at community. They, it's a kind of a ready-made yeah. uh, group of friends. Like, if your house burns down. Yeah, they'll come help you out. Um, totally. Like so, if I were if I were if I were still practicing, I could go find a ward, which is like a local community here yeah. in New York, and I would and instantly go there. I'd feel safe. Everyone would be like, "Oh, welcome, brother Ben. We're so happy to see you." And I'd be like, "Thank you, and thank you, brothers, and brother, you know, Stephen, and whatever." Mm-hmm. And so that would be really <laughs> helpful. And and I think you know, people, uh, it, it, Mormonism does a really good job of presenting itself as kind of benign and friendly. And there, but there are a lot of undertones of it that are really, that are really detrimental, right? I'm so sure. what they sell is like, you can be sealed together with your family forever, which is like not a pro for some people. Like, yeah. I don't want to be around my family for eternity. That would not be great. Um, well, we're going to get into that because I want to understand your family. We're going to get into that. So how old were you when you, like, what are your earliest memories of realizing your life, that you were Mormon, that your yes. life was different. Yeah, so the uh, the first memory that I have of feeling like, oh, I'm someone different. is So the, the place where I grew up was a small little ranch outside of a town in Wyoming. Okay. And there were about 20 or 30 of us that lived on the ranch. And it was basically like my grandpa and his tribe. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would go into town sometimes, mm-hmm. like maybe once every couple of weeks. And one time we went into town because there was like this class at the library on for sign language. And so my parents were like, we're going to go. I don't know why, because no one in our family was deaf mm-hmm. and there was no reason for us to learn mm-hmm. sign language. But they were like, we are going to it's learn Kind of progressive of them. It was super progressive. Yeah. They were, they're oddly progressive and then oddly not. Yeah. So, so we go in there and I ask a question and then we're learning like, this is mom and this mm-hmm. is dad. And I ask a question because I'm like a six, I'm like six. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what if, how do I say my other mom? Mm-hmm. Right. Because, oh. because like this is mom. So what's the sign for other mom? And the teacher's kind of like, I don't know. And she like gives some answer. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. And then afterwards I got in trouble because. By your. By my, by my family, because we weren't supposed to let anyone know that oh. we were that. Because otherwise, if they, if we did, the story was like, they might, they might take you away. Oh, so it, it's a secret. It is. Yeah. More, Mormon polygamy is, it's not so much anymore. So that was 30 years ago, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it, at that time, it was really, really secretive. Mm-hmm. Like it was illegal in Utah. It was very under the, very under the radar. And, and I literally grew up hearing stories about uh, like 
uh, the government coming and raiding other polygamous communities and taking their children away, which as an adult now, what I recognize was happening is that there was child abuse happening. Mm -hmm. And so the government came in and was like, you're done. Yeah. Which is what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And it should have happened to, in my family too, mm -hmm. because there was also child abuse. But when you're in it, right, you're like, I don't want to get taken away from my family. Totally. That doesn't sound Especially like when fun. you're young like that. Right, exactly. And so it was it was a bit like I was scared. I, I, I knew that we were different. I knew that most people didn't have two moms. And I knew that um, that I didn't, that it wasn't good to let anyone know that. How many moms did you have? I had mostly two. So there, so the way that my family worked yeah, is that my, my, dad, my dad married two women at the same time. Mm-hmm. And one of them is my mom. Mm -hmm. And then about six years later, he married another woman who was only around for like a year. And then she bailed. Bailed on Mormonism she, Well, she went, she bailed on polygamy and then she became an LDS Mormon. Okay. And I think she still is. I don't are know. all these people still alive? Is your grandfather still alive? My grandpa's dead. Uh, my, mo my dad and my mom are still alive. My other mom's Are you still on alive. speaking terms with them? Yes. Uh, and they think I'm Satan. Yeah. So it's like, I talk to them maybe once or twice a year. Okay. And it's amicable, like as long as we don't talk about anything that matters and I'll, yeah. I've like conditioned, I've slowly conditioned them. So every time I'm hanging out with them, I make sure to drop at least one or two fucks. Yeah. So they know who they're dealing nice. with. And, and I've been, it, it's a bit tricky, right? Because I don't, I don't particularly like, I don't, especially my dad, I don't really like him very much. He's, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and I have some. I'm unsure about my mom right now. Like it's a bit, it's a bit funky, mm -hmm. but I've been really intentional about keeping a relationship with them because I have, I have 13 younger That's what siblings. I was going to say. And so. Are you the oldest? I'm my mom's oldest and I'm the third uh, child. So your dad had kids with the other woman? Yeah. So my, okay. the other, so my other mom, she was married before and she had a, one son from that marriage. Mm -hmm. And so I've got a, I guess I would make him like a, my stepbrother. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, 13 days before I was born, she had another son. With your dad. With my dad. So he's my half-brother. And then there's me. And then there's 13 after me. Are your mom and your dad still together? Mom and dad are still together. Mom and other, or dad and other mom are still together. And wow. they're still like on this compound in Wyoming in a trailer. Does mom and other woman hook up? No. Are you sure? I... I mean, it would make me so happy if they did. Yeah. But I just, they, I know that they don't. And that's, that's the, like, that's, everyone wants to know that, right? They're like, are the, are the ladies hooking yeah. up? And it's like, maybe, maybe well, there's like a couple, but honestly, the, the reason that people get into, I like to, I like to distinguish between like polyamory and polygamy. That's exactly what I was about to ask. Right. And so the, so polygamy, polyamory is like, I want to, I want to yeah. be in with a bunch of people, right? I'm, would you be down with that now? Totally. Got yeah. it. Like that. It's funny. I did an episode last week with this uh, polyamorous non-binary person. Right. And I, it hasn't come out yet because I was like, oh, I'm going to do, and then I'm going to interview Ben. And oh, they're, they're going to be too close to, like, they're the same thing. It's going right. to be, and now I'm like, holy shit, those are not the same episodes. Totally they should different. probably come out back to back. They should. Yeah. Right. It, that would be a really fascinating yes. comparison because polyamory is like, it's consenting adults who mm -hmm. have who have done the work and oh, and feel sovereign, right? They're exactly. Like, I'm I'm in charge of me, and a lot of them are members of the LGBT and community. And a lot of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so so that is rad, right? If you can if you want to and can convince multiple yeah. people to love you, fucking go for it. And this this person who I interviewed met uh, their their fiance at a sex club, right? That, so it's crazy. That the, sounds amazing. The two extremes, though, you have right. this like one super conservative way of life that right. includes pol 
polygamy. Polygamy. And, and then the most liberal and the most people, liberal. They're yeah. way over there, right? Yeah, are doing it's polyamory. Wild. And so and then so polygamy, the way that polygamy could be multiple like one man multiple women or mm-hmm. one woman multiple men it's almost never one one woman multiple men mm-hmm. because it's almost always patriarchal and yeah. it's and the, the the distinguishing factor that i i make is like polyamory is about what i want or what what people want yeah and polygamy is a religious doctrine yes. that is commanded by god so so that all gets back to the question of like are my moms hooking up no they're not because they're not in that relationship because they are in love with each other yeah or really necessarily in love with my dad, they're in that relationship because they believe that in order for them to go to heaven, mm-hmm. they need to be in a polygamous relationship. Yeah. And so they've they've done that. Wow. Which is the worst reason. There's so many ways I want to go right now. Let's I want to start with this. Of your 13 siblings, how many are you close with now? I'm close to about uh, like to two, one and a half. Oh wow. Yeah. Is that one person still in the community? Uh no. So so I, I left and then, uh, and then two others have, have followed me out. And so I'm, I'm really close to one of them who's left and then kind of close to the other one. Got it. Kind of yeah. like a little mentorship group. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, cause it's hard, right? Like when I, when I left, I didn't have a social security number. Totally. I didn't have any contacts in the outside world. I didn't know what insurance was. Yeah. I, and so it was like, I had to figure all of that stuff out. I don't get, know how you don't end up homeless essentially. I've just got a lot of, a lot of people do. Right. Well, well, we'll get to that because I want to start with your childhood a little bit. Yeah, let's do it. What did your childhood look like? Um, uh, so before age eight, it yeah. looked like playing outside all of the time. That's super fun. Which was rad. Yeah. Playing outside and then running from really angry adults. Oh. So uh, as long as I could avoid that. Like my grandpa was awful, Very abusive. Like very abusive. And, and he was like, he thought that he was John Wayne, um, but he was not. And he, he was just like, he would get like, he would get like just raging mad. And then if he could catch you, he would like kick the shit out. And this is your dad's dad. This is my dad's dad. Was your mom's dad on the community? My mom's dad was not. So, so the funny thing about my family is they all started out LDS Mormon Mm -hmm. and then they converted into polygamy. So they started on a lower step and they went to the higher step. Right. They kind of like went deeper down into Mormon hell. And so when that happened, my mom's family who is LDS Mormon mm-hmm. did not. And so they were very upset with my mom and my dad for doing that. Mm. And so there was this huge rift. Wow. Between so them. your mom was actually the rebel, but a rebel becoming more religious. Right. Yeah. So interesting. It's, yeah. It's such a weird way to rebel. Yeah. That is a very strange way to rebel. Yeah. I'd love to have your mom come around New York, maybe for pride in June. You should just, Oh her. my God, that would be a spectacular <laughs> world pride. That would be insane. Okay, so you grew up running around outside. Yeah, until I was about eight. And then when I was eight, I started working in my family's bakery. So my family owned a bakery, and that was how they, like, paid for... Was it good baked goods? Uh, I mean... You've had better since. I've had better since. Wow. Yeah. I would have thought it was, like, the best baked goods, because they're not really doing a lot. Well, I mean, the the main reason there wasn't is that I had to make it. Oh. <laughs> And so, so from when I was eight to 18, I was, I was labor trafficked, right? So I, I was basically forced to work in the bakery Yeah. and I would work like 10, 12, 16 hour days sometimes. Would you get paid? I got paid. Yes. I got paid 25 cents an hour. Okay. So I was just rolling in the dough. Yeah. It was so cool. And then I could go nowhere to buy anything. Yeah. So I just had like a a stack of quarters in my bedroom. And technically they didn't even have to give you that quarter. Like you would have been doing it for I would have been doing it anyway. Yeah. 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 That's wild. Yeah, it was not fun. Um, and, and it was, it was, it was pretty gnarly. Cause so I, when I, 
as part of like my exit, right, I did a lot of therapy and I did a lot of mm-hmm. healing. And at, at one point I like sat down and I was like, I wrote down, I was like, and if they would have been paying me what they are required to pay me, right? Mm-hmm. Like minimum wage. How old were you when you decided to leave? I decided, so I left, I left the compound in, when I was 17 and I left that to go to college because they wanted a lawyer in the family. Yeah. And they were like Ben Reed's books. So he's our lawyer. And then I was still a member of the faith, but I was like out in the wicked world at college until I was 20. So when did you mentally say this isn't for me? So that again, that kind of comes in stages, right? So when I, so when I was 20, I, I decided that I, I, I wanted to join the LDS church. Mm -hmm. But for me, what that meant, that wasn't like me deciding that this wasn't for me. That was me picking a, a, a different version of the cult. Did, so growing up, you believed all of this stuff. I mean, I, there weren't really any other options. I know. That's like, why I'm I had, shocked that your brain could fully do a 180 where it is today. I had no other, like I didn't, I literally did not know anyone or have any close friends who were not polygamous yeah. until I was 18. Yeah. Right. And that, that was the first time that I had someone who was, and at that point it was another, it was like an LDS more. Yeah. Right. So when you went to college, you like if you guys were shooting the shit, you were agreeing with a lot of things that were being said Mm because that was to the top of your intelligence. True. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so when I went to when I went to college, I I got exposed to, um, you know, uh, (laughs) I got liberalized by Mormons, basically. Had you had sex before you gone to college? No. Okay. No, I did not have sex until I was married. Which was how old? Which was 20. Okay. Yeah. Go back to 18. And so 18, I'm, I'm at college. I'm, I'm interacting with people. I'm having conversations. Um, I meet a, a woman who is LDS and mm-hmm. I find, fall like madly in love with her. And so we start to date after a couple of years. And so then we have to kind of decide, are we going to be polygamous Mormon or mm-hmm. are we going to be LDS Mormon? And we decide to be LDS Mormon. And this is a Mormon college you go to? This is a Mormon college that I go to, yeah. But not Brigham Young. Not Brigham Young, no. Okay. Uh, 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 like a small, it was like a small liberal arts college in like Southern Utah. Yeah. And which was actually really great because even though it was a predominantly Mormon college and it was like I was surrounded by Mormons, I was also reading like Plato and Aristotle mm. and like all of these really great works of philosophy. So my my mind expanded really quickly. Um, I got to go to uh, this um, like I went on this humanitarian trip to Africa in Uganda oh, wow, for like three months, which was amazing. Your mind. Yeah, it, it really did. And that was we haven't really talked about that, but that. That was one of the the other parts that I knew that polygamous polygamy was different, yeah. and that was kind of shameful. Is that they're they're white supremacists, and so mm. I was raised to believe that like if you're black, you are like you were less worthy in the thing that happened before we were born, and so you're basically cursed here, and you can't go, you can't get into super VIP heaven. You can you're you basically exist to be servants, is what I was taught. And so when I, and that always like felt so gross to me, but it was like, I felt even before you knew a different type of, even before I knew a different type, because Mormonism is interesting because it teaches you, there's this doctrine in it that says that the natural man is an enemy to God. And basically what they teach you is the, the natural feelings that you have in your body Mm -hmm. are sinful, right? So you don't trust your body. You don't listen to your body. Which is pretty much the opposite of how I grew up. You're only supposed to trust your body. Right. Go yeah. with your gut. Go with your gut. Listen, like that's that's a healthy human, right? Yeah. Trust your instincts. And so when I when I learned this doctrine about like how the, the 
black people are somehow inferior. Yeah. I was like, that felt, I, I remember feeling like so gross and But you weren't so supposed to bad. trust that feeling. Of but I couldn't paper. trust that. And I was like, I guess I have to like sacrifice that feeling to go with what God wants. Right. So, so it was a huge, that was one of the nice things about, it. so the LDS church doesn't teach that doctrine anymore. Okay. There are plenty of racist doctrines in the LDS church, mm-hmm. but they've, they've jettisoned that one. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so when I joined the LDS church, it, it was like putting down a weight. I was like, Oh, I don't have to believe that anymore. Um, and then, uh, we were LDS for five, for about five years. You and your wife. Me and my wife. So when do you get married? I went 20. 20. Yeah. And you introduce her to your family. Do they not like her because she's LDS? Uh, they are, they try to get her into polygamy. polygamy. Um, they're not thrilled that she doesn't and they're not thrilled that I do not, I, that I exit. Um, and it's kind of like, it's rocky, right? Like our, my relationship at that point was really, really strained and we were, and we also lived like 800 miles away, which was kind of intentional. Yeah. Growing up though, were you close with all of your siblings? Not really. No. So, so what happens, I mean, there, there are, there are. I wasn't like not close with them, yeah. but we were all, we were all neglected and we were all abused and we were all. When you say abused, like sexually abused? Oh, some of us were sexually abused. We were all physically abused. Ugh. We were all like, we were forced to work obscene hours in a factory, mm-hmm. right? Like I say bakery and people are like, oh, were you like rolling? Don't no, I was like, I was working with industrial mixers and getting oh my, my God. getting my hand stuck in slicers. Right, like there was like I was working with machines. Yeah, I was picturing like a cute little mom and pop, like. No, 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 no. It's like it's like big industrial ovens, like, and it was it was dangerous work, right? Jesus. Uh, We were like I have I have memories of of people's hands getting sucked into machines, and like my my hand, like I was like slicing bread one day, and my my hand got stuck in the slicer, and it chopped up my finger. Like gnarly, gnarly shit is happening here, and and we're like we're doing this because God. Yeah, and the 25 cents. And we're getting 25 cents an hour. <laughs> so, so I would think, though, that your siblings are all you have then. Well, and I think that we, everyone kind of processes it a little bit differently. So what, what I did is I, I kind of, it's, it's not really that I wasn't close to them. It's that I lacked, I lacked, the, I, I became really avoidantly attached, mm-hmm. right? So I lacked the ability to have close connections. Yeah, because you went out, they were. Because I just, I just shut down. I was like. I'm going to be turned off. I'm going to be entirely turned off. Yeah. And too painful. It's too painful to, to be here right now. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that like we didn't have fun sometimes. No, but that's or, how you survive. That, but that's, that's the, that was kind of my orientation. Yeah. And, and so when I, when I left, it was, it was kind of hard because I wanted to be accessible to my siblings, mm-hmm. but also I needed some space yeah. to heal and I, I didn't know at that point, I didn't know how to form really healthy relationships. Okay. So this woman is kind of the first freeing person for you yeah. that you're like, we're on a similar page. Mm-hmm. Are you still with her? No, we've separated since Yeah. Then. That would make sense. I yeah. mean, you grow so much. Yeah, you do. And we were like, she was 21. I was 20. Is she still in the church? No, she, she left. Okay. Well. So we both, we, we had a couple of, we had three kids. And Holy we, shit. Yeah. I was not expecting you to say that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a Mormon thing too, right? Like, okay, wait. So you're 20, you get married. I'm 20, I get married. I'm 21, I have a kid. Uh-huh. Because 21-year-olds should totally be having kids. Yeah. Like, you're, uh, yeah. they're the most responsible. How did life. you learn how to have sex? Uh, how did I learn how to have sex? Um, so I learned about sex uh, from like reading a health book uh-huh. on the comp- that kind of was on the compound. It had like this little... 
have you ever seen like the cross section diagram of like a penis and a vagina? Yeah. It's basically, I read that and I was like, oh, that's what you do. And did she have a sex education? Uh, not really. Like sort of. Yeah. But But you were just having like missionary. Missionary. For baby sex. For baby sex. Yeah. Until, until later. Right. Eventually we're like, this is bullshit. Were you allowed to masturbate growing up? No, I did, but it was not okay. It was very sinful. Wow. So what I insane experience, like having your first orgasm on the compound. Right. Yeah. I was, I didn't know what happened. I'm sure. I had no clue. I was just like, what? And then it was like, you're like, God, what have you done? What the fuck is this bullshit? Holy shit. So the way that that happened is, is kind of actually kind of a funny story because I, I, someone like a grandma who wasn't, uh, who wasn't uh, polygamous had given me a book. It was like a Western book. And, and so I was like reading through the Western book and in the book, there was like, there was like a, a sexy part, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so I was like reading that part and it was like got kind of descriptive. And I was like, you were like feeling shit. I was like feeling some, sh- I was like, what is this bullshit? And then I like, was like, and it, like everything happened. And so then, my, and then I felt super guilty afterwards because sure. I found out what it was. And, but then my go-to, cause I, there wasn't any porn, right? Yeah. There was no access. Was that book? Was that book. And I would go to the library and I would find other books. Like, so yeah. you've seen like the, the, yeah, the, big, yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. So what did someone call them? Uh, bodice rippers. Like oh they're bodice rippers, God. right? So I would go and I'd find, I would like go and find bodice rippers. I would make sure no one was looking. And then I would like skim through them to find the juicy parts. And then I'd read them, I'd memorize them. <gasps> and then I'd like put think them Think about them later. And then I'd think about them later. Wow. And then the I'd, same library that you learned sign language at? Uh, yeah, same library. Wow. Yeah. So much happened at that library. So much, it was, uh, the library <laughs> was really good for me. <laughs> It exposed me to a lot. There's so many. I feel like I'm all over the place because there's so many paths we can go down. And I have so many questions, but I'm trying to keep this linear. So, so you marry this woman. Mm-hmm. Are you on good terms with her now, even though you're yes. not married? Yeah. I mean, you have three kids together. We have three kids together. We we separated really amicably. She lives like a, right across the street from me. Great. We kind of, we swap our kids back and forth every week. Okay. She's like cheering me on with everything that I'm doing. I high five her all the time. Yeah. So we're we essentially what happens right is we you get. In, in Mormonism, and especially with the way that, that I was raised in polygamy, you don't get the option of, like, it's not encouraged to date around a lot. Of course. You just are supposed to basically feel the spirit and then marry the right person. Yeah. Which is basically, like, the first person that you meet that turns you on. Yeah. You marry that yeah, person. Yeah, who's not in a book. Yeah. Right? And exactly. It's not in a book. Yeah. And so... Um, so we, and, and there's just so much change, right? So we, Mormonism box you, boxes you into this way of being. And so when we left, we both kind of just allowed ourselves to become who we were. And as that happened, it, we just kind of, it just didn't, the, the connection wasn't there anymore. Yeah, it was like, sure. we're totally different people. I want to go in a, a certain way. You want to go in a very different way. But you have how many kids at that point? Three? At that point we have three. Yeah. How old are they now? I have a, they're like uh, 11 and 10 and seven. And you like them, you're close with them. Oh, I fucking love them. They're the and best. you're not raising them uh, Mormon, I assume. No, since no, you're not they Mormon. they are. Um, I'm raising them to be whatever the fuck they want to be. Yeah. And currently, they belong to a religion called Banana Arsonism. Oh, that's a great one. Which they invented. Uh huh. So anyone can join it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you worship the Great Banana, who's a non-binary banana that sees everything and loves everyone. Mm-hmm. And to join the religion, you dress up in a banana suit and jump into a swimming pool. Wow. It seems like a, like maybe has Unitarian re- roots to it in yeah. some way. or It's kind of like a Unitarian uh, reimagined by Gen Z. Yeah. A Unitarian produce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Religion. <laughs> totally. Um, okay. So 
at this point you've then pretty much left or no? How do you leave? Um, in 2015, this is right before. This is my, recently. Fairly recent. Yeah. So I left, I left seven years ago. Is it? Yeah. Two, yeah seven I'm years. amazed how progressive and self-aware and what seems to be so much therapy work you've been able to do on yourself. In that it, time. I mean, I've just, I've really invested in me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, um, in 2015, there's this big, or it was actually in 2014, there's this big movement in Mormonism called ordain women. So in the LDS church, they don't give women what's called the priesthood, mm -hmm. which is what you need in order to have a leadership position. And so there are no women leaders in the LDS church, except for like the women can be in charge of uh, groups of children mm -hmm. and groups of other women, but women do not lead men. Right? right. And so there was this movement in about 2014 started by a woman named Kate Kelly, who was a member of the LDS church. Okay. And she, she called it ordain women. And basically the whole, did you know her? I didn't know her personally. Okay. No, I would but love the word, word spread. The word spread. Like she started, mm -hmm. turns out on the internet, you can yeah. do shit. And, and she, basically her entire thing. So Mormons believe that there's a prophet, right? That he speaks directly to God. Mm -hmm. And so Kate Kelly was like, let's just ask the prophet to ask God if women can have the priesthood. Mm -hmm. And that was her whole thing is like, let's just ask, let's just do that. Well, who's the prophet? The prophet then was, his name was Thomas. How did Monson. they determine that this guy was the prophet? Uh, so Joseph Smith was the original prophet yeah. and then it was basically then Brigham Young. And so yeah. it kind of goes down and it's basically, so there's, there's the prophet and then there's what's called the quorum of the 12 apostles mm -hmm. because it's a, it's basically trying to restore Jesus's church. Right. So okay. the prophet is basically Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then the 12 apostles are like the 12 apostles from the Bible. And whoever is the senior member of the 12 apostles, mm -hmm. when the prophet dies, becomes Become, the new prophet. And they believe that they can speak directly to God. Yes. Wow. What a yeah. skill. It's really handy, yeah. Yeah, really handy. They don't really use it for anything. Like, well, it's good um, on your resume. It really is. Like, you can get mm -hmm. great jobs in other places. <laughs> so, so or, yeah, so ordain so women. she goes to the prophet so guy, she goes, and she's like, go she's talk like, to God. Go talk to God. And, well, he, she doesn't because he won't even meet with her. I'm sure. Right? He's like, I'm not. And she's like, I just want to ask a question. And so then there's every every six months there in, in Utah, there's a thing called General Conference, which mm -hmm. is basically the big meeting that the Mormons have where the prophet speaks to them. Mm -hmm. And as part of that, there used to be an all male meeting where mm -hmm. there were no women allowed. And this was up until like literally they changed that like two or three years ago, partially because of what happened with, with Kate Kelly. So Kate Kelly, no one's talking to her. And so she's like, Hey women, she, she gets on and she's like, every woman who wants to have that question answered, come with me mm -hmm. and let's just go to that meeting and mm -hmm. let's just ask to be in, to be included. And like basically force them to turn us away, right? Some, yeah. some you know, some nonviolent protest. Yeah. And so they do that for two conference sessions and they get turned away, hundreds of women. Wow. And and then the LDS church is like, we're done with this. And so they excommunicate Kate Kelly. <gasps> and they kick her out of the church. And when they do that, it's public, right? So they, they there are news stories about it. And they also, so the news stories, because at the same time they excommunicate a man whose name is John DeLynn. I'm like, who's this John DeLynn dude? Like, mm -hmm. what the fuck? So I Google John DeLynn. It turns out he is the host of a podcast called Mormon Stories, which have is... Have you been on it? I have not yet. I'm, gotta get I'm on it. I'm going to. It's Hopefully gonna be, this will be the first step to It's it. going to be rad. Um, but he does... He interviews people who have had what, are, what in Mormonism is called a faith crisis. Because what happens in Mormonism is that there are tons... There's tons of evidence for why Mormonism isn't true. Right. So just one example is that Joseph, Joseph Smith lied about everything. But the problem with that is that we can actually test and verify a lot of the things that he said 
were true. Okay. And so one of the things that he said in 18, so in like 1835, yeah. there was a dude kind of traveling around uh, uh, where Joseph Smith was living with some Egyptian mummies, right? Mm-hmm. And they were some mummies and then like some papyrus with some Egyptian writing on it. It's a lot to carry with you while you travel, but It okay. is. He had it in his backpack. Hmm. Um, but uh, <laughs> at that point, we couldn't read Egyptian hieroglyphics. Right, we hadn't we hadn't cracked the code. The Rosetta Stone hadn't happened, and so Joseph Smith buys these mummies off this dude, and he tells everyone this mummy is actually Abraham from the Bible, oh, wow. and this mummy is Joseph in Egypt, and these papyri are their books of like their books written by their own hand, and then he translates them into the, the Book, book of Mormon. Of, well, not the Book of Mormon. This one is the Book of Abraham. Oh, which is now which is part of what's called the Pearl of Great Price, which is another book of scripture that the that the Mormons use. Okay. So the Mormons have four books of scripture: the Bible. Which You've is, read all them. I've read all of them multiple times. Wow, flex. I have yeah. a PhD in bullshit. Yeah. It's it's act, like I'm <laughs> I was so I basically spent 25 years of my life becoming an expert in something that doesn't matter. Oh my god. But they believe in the Bible, mm-hmm. Book of Mormon. Doctrine and Covenants, which is all of Joseph Smith's revelations, like mm-hmm. whenever Joseph Smith would channel God and he would speak for him. And then the Pearl of Great Price. And the Pearl of Great Price is this book of Abraham, right, that he translated from this these papyri. We have those papyri today. Um, Egyptian scholars have read them because now we can read them. And it's not the book of Abraham. Mm. It's just like a standard funerary text that you could buy at like <laughs> Egyptian Walmart when your dad died. <laughs> It's basically like a Hallmark greeting card of ancient Egypt. That is wild. And so there's all of these things, but all of that stuff is hidden from norm, from the average LDS church member. Okay. Right? The, the LDS church has buried that information. So John DeLynn in his podcast, he's like uncovering a lot of this and he's interviewing these experts. God, he's telling I was like, all these how stories. does that pull back into him? Okay. And so when, when, I, when I Google John DeLynn, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, no wonder they're kicking him out. I didn't, I didn't know anything any of this stuff, right? I had no idea. I didn't know any of this stuff. Um, and one of the things that I discovered during that journey is that Joseph Smith married uh, underage girls. Mm-hmm. And that was something that was has been vigorously denied by the polygamists, mm-hmm. by the LDS church. Um, they vilified, like, I don't know if you've heard of Warren Jeffs. Mm-mm. So Warren Jeffs is the the leader of the one of the more dominant sects of Mormon polygamy. It's called the FLDS group. Mm-hmm. And he married underage girls and he's currently in jail. Oh, right? wow. Which is where people who do that should be. Yeah. Right? And Mormons and polygamists love to vilify Warren Jeffs. They're like, this guy's gross. We don't do stuff like that. We've never done stuff like Even that. Even though, yeah, that is Even what though was happening. it was exactly what was happening, right? And so I, I discovered that and I'm like, I was fucking lied to. Like, this is bullshit. And I'm, get, I'm really angry. And then the church, the way that the church responds to all of these truth claims allegations is they don't, they, they don't say, we're sorry. Mm-hmm. They don't say this is this is true, but you know we're still yeah. doing good in the world. They they gaslight and they disavow. Yeah. They're like trying to cover it up. And one of the ways they do this is they publish all these essays that are like on their website right now that defend all of these things. So the final straw yeah. for me was was the the underage marriage. Right. Well, so she gets kicked out. He gets kicked out. She gets kicked out. He gets kicked out. And then you find him, you're uncovering all this stuff on his pod and right. other sources of information. Right. When you're having these revelations and you're upset, 
are you telling your wife? Is she? She's going through the same process. Oh, awesome! Right? So, so you're on like, the same page. We're on the same page. We're both like we're both. Holy shit! And yeah. it's it's a big it's a big shift. That's right? validating to go the, through it with someone. It is, but it's also like she would some like the, it was interesting because she would sometimes be like, "I'm totally done," and I'd be like, "Well, but wait," and then I'd yeah. be like, "I'm totally done." She'd be like, "No, but wait," because you're kind of like it's scary, right? You're this is your entire world. Mormonism is such totally. a closed culture, and it's our like my family has been in Mormonism for 200 years. Yeah, on both sides. Yeah. So that's my entire, and hers yeah. too, right? That's our entire community. You're 23 and me is like it's Mormon. Like, it's like a, it's a bush, yeah. right? Of Mormons <laughs> and all of that. And so it's, it's a really big deal. It's, it's hard. And, and it's, it's, this happens to literally thousands of people in, in Utah, right? They, they, they'll leave the church and they lose their job. Mm-hmm. They lose their family. They lose their friends. They're ostracized. Is there a community for people like you who have left and can all like there, is there a Facebook group? There is now. There's fa- there are Facebook groups and yeah. it's it's becoming more more and more. That must be nice to have. It's really nice. Yeah. It's it's really it's actually essential because because you, you can't go through that alone. You can't go through that alone. No. It's impossible, right? You'll 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 die. Did Kate ever get her question answered? She never did. Oh. No. She's she's actually um she's actually uh very happy on the outside now. Uh either married or dating a woman. That adds and, up for her, yeah. Yeah, totally checks out. Yeah. She wasn't, she wasn't ever going to. Yeah, she was like a it. ton of women. Let's she, all. She protest. was like, let's all get together. Yeah, we'll hang out, and then afterwards we'll yeah. rub back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so the final straw for me was was uh, there was an essay that the LDS Church published, mm-hmm. and it's on their website right now. Right. So one of the things that I think that I like to tell people because I think people should know this is this is an or- the LDS Church is an organization that claims fourteen million members. That has over a hundred billion dollars in Insane. stock assets, right? It is the richest religious organization in the world. It's controlled by one person who's the prophet. So everyone's who's like, that right now? That's a guy named Russell Nelson. Okay. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh my God, Jeff Bezos, richest man in the No, fuck no. The richest man in the world is Russell Nelson. He has a hundred and twenty billion dollars of stock assets. And $17 billion of real estate. The LDS Church is the fifth largest real estate holding organization in the country. Does he live large though? Like does he have a mansion and a um, he gets and- He gets like a really nice living allowance and they're pretty frugal, right? They don't, they, yeah. that's what's a little bit funky about it, right? They're not, they, he believes He's not like shit. flying on private jets. I know he probably is. Okay, fair, I don't fair, know fair. that for sure, but I'm, I'm sure that he is just so that he doesn't get like, because people would like, he's the prophet. We got to take care of him. Yeah. But that's so that's the organization. And this organization is tax exempt mm. and it dominates, it controls Utah politics, right? So there's a Utah, there's a state, right? All of the Utah state senator, senators who are here in, or like down in DC, mm-hmm. they're all Mormon. All of the legislature, all of the legislators, they're all Mormon. And in Mormonism, you covenant to promise and like obey yeah. the, the prophet, right? Yes. So I want to just kind of set the stage for that because that, that's a big deal. Mormonism is incredibly powerful. And that organization right now on their website, they have an essay that defends pedophilia because Joseph Smith was a pedophile. He married girls who were 14. Yeah. And when that comes to light, right, when, when, when it became undeniable that that was true, the LDS church stopped denying it, which it took decades to get them to do that. And then finally they're like, okay, we admit that that happened. 
but it was okay. Or maybe he didn't have sex. Like they write this whole essay about like maybe he didn't have sex with them. So it's that essay that makes you be like, I'm going to leave. And that essay is what makes me leave because the the reason, because there's only one response to that. And that is pedophilia is wrong. Mm -hmm. We disavow that practice, Mm -hmm. right? That is the only, and it's actually a really easy response, right? Like no one, there aren't organizations out there that are failing. And in your own life, you've watched sexual abuse. I've watched that, right? So I'm like, I will, I can't. And so the essay says it's okay. And you know, sometimes we don't understand why God asks us to do things. And, and the story that Joseph Smith told was that an angel with a flaming sword appeared to him and told him that, that the angel would kill him if he didn't marry these girls. My God, which is like absurd on so many levels because it assumes like it assumes that there's a God Mm -hmm. that he has angels that he sends to people and that those those angels have flaming swords and are empowered to kill people if they don't do what they're commanded to do. Yeah, she sounds hot. She's probably super hot. Yeah. I mean, I wish she would show up and like stab me with a flaming sword. (laughs) (laughs) That would be pretty great. But it assumes that and then it assumes that what God did with that angel in 1830s America wasn't go to the president and be like, you know this slavery thing? Stop or I'm going to kill you. Yeah. But you didn't go and be like, hey, let's let women vote. Yeah. Hey, let's stop the genocide of an entire continent. None of that. It was, let's get, let's get Joseph Smith some 14-year-old pussy. That's and insane. That's insane, right? That's an insane thing to believe. And so, and they don't even, like, so they're, they're, they're justifying that. They're like, that's what happened. And so we have to believe that. And then in the essay, they say, they admit this girl was, was, was underage. And yeah. they say, Joseph Smith married Helen Mark Kimball. This is a direct quote. Joseph Smith married Helen Mark Kimball several months before her 15th birthday. It's such a strange wording. And what it, what it showed to me is like, this is an organization that is absolutely toxic, mm-hmm. that will not accept accountability. And it's not safe, right? It is not safe to have children in this organization because they do not, if it comes down between protecting their image mm-hmm. and protecting children, they're going to protect their image. And so at that point I was like... I'm out. So what does that mean you're out? What do, what do you, what are the steps you take? So to, to get out, um, you, there are a couple different ways. You can either just stop going, mm-hmm. but then you're still on their you records. You can't unsubscribe from an email list? Uh, it's actually, you have to get a lawyer involved. <laughs> so there's, there's this wow. organization called um, quitmormon.org. And you can like, it's like a pro bono law firm in, U, in Utah and you just like fill out your information and then mm-hmm. they basically send a cease and desist letter to the church that says, take these people off your rolls and never contact them again. And you do that. And you do that. Yeah. Did you do that? I did that. Did yeah. your wife do that? And she did that too. Wow. Yep. And then what? So you send this email or they send the and email. And then we are out. You stop going to meetings. We just stop going to meetings. What about the people who you spend your life with that you're communicating with every day? Uh, we had to get a whole new group of friends. Did your kids go to a Mormon school or were they? They, I mean, they went to a public school and, but, and okay. where everyone was Mormon, right? So it's yeah. it's a bit of a... Are they still going to that public school? No. So we were, at that point, we were in Southern Utah, which is really, really Mormon. And mm-hmm. so then we moved to Salt Lake, which is, Salt Lake is kind of like the Mecca. It's like the yeah. liberal Mecca of... Yeah that area. And so there are a lot of people in Salt Lake who are either ex-Mormon or have never been Mormon. Yeah. And so we kind of moved there. We found new community. We, but it was a, it was a big transition. Why stay in Utah? Um, I think, I mean, I get it. You've already changed your life so much that any sense of stability like home. Yeah. I I think, I think the reason, and we'll probably be there really until the kids are, Mm -hmm. I, I would like to give the kids like the rest of their childhood in one spot. Okay. And, and then at that point, I think I'll probably, Move. I'll probably leave. Yeah. So you, you and your wife split up three years into the marriage or? Uh, no, we marriage? were, we were married for 12 years. When do you 
split up. And then we split up. We split up about a year and a half ago. Is that so? Is that a divorce or is that? That's it's like we split up, we separated, and then we're um, like we're waiting for a judge to bang a gavel. Okay. The divorce process in Utah is really funky. It takes I'm sure, a long time. but you're on the same page with it, and you're mm-hmm. raising your kids happily together. Are yeah. you dating? I am. Yes. Are you 100 percent straight? I am. Uh, you, you just answered that by yeah, that. yeah. But are you dating people? I so so the the I I'm in what I'm calling my uh, my man whore phase. Nice. So I'm having I'm having as many encounters with as many different people as I can. Good for you. In a way that's like honest and respectful. You really should come back for Pride in June. Oh my god, I totally should. That would be super fun. So you're dating anyone and everyone and enjoying yourself. Yeah. And do you see yourself again in a monogamous relationship, or do you like the idea of polyamory? I I don't I don't know. So so. What I've realized is that that I did I've never had the experience to really know what yeah. I what I want what what works best for me. I've always I've always lived a life that that's been really controlled by a dogma, mm-hmm. and so I want to go. So my my plan right now is I'm nothing serious. I just want to take whatever happens and then learn. Yeah. Right? What is it that I like? What's available to me? Yeah. And then, and that's pretty much how you're raising your kids. It sounds like too. Right. Exactly. And then at some point, I think at some point I would really like to have a life partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it would have to be just one or maybe I would be open to, yeah. to a couple. Uh, the fantasy that I have is that yeah. I'll like date around, be a total slut for a while. And then like four or five years into that, I'll like look across the room and see just a fabulous woman mm. and be like, fucking you yeah and then i'll just be and she'll obs- be like fucking you right and then i'll just be obsessed with her for the rest of my life that's a great goal that sounds like fun if it happens great if not like no worries no worries like i'm out here having fun yeah what, how did therapy start for you was that stigmatized in the community or totally. like so how it, do you do this mental rewiring so in therapy is not much stigmatized well it's a spectrum right so so mm, there, it's starting to become less stigmatized in the LDS culture mm-hmm. um, it's very stigmatized in I'm sure. in polygamy right yeah. um, so what happened is after I after I left the LDS church yeah I, I kind of topped out in my career like I, I got to the top of the company that I'd, I'd helped start I was I was doing really well but I I wasn't happy mm-hmm. and I was like there's something off right mm-hmm. and I'd always kind of had this sense of like that, that there was something broken or there was something wrong, but I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. Yeah. And like, I would just like, I, I did, I didn't feel like I knew what I felt or what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I would have like emotional reactions days after something had happened. So something would happen and I'd be like, nothing, I wouldn't feel anything. And then like five days later, I would feel something about it. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, there's something off here. So I, I, I read a lot and I was just kind of like trying to figure stuff out. And then one day, and then I was like, also, I starting to tell people kind of stories from my childhood and I would tell people stories that I thought were funny mm-hmm. and they would be like, oh my God. Yeah. Like horrified. Yeah. And so I was like, that was kind of a clue. And then I was just. Can you tell us one of those stories? Yeah. Um, uh, so on my ninth birthday, uh, my dad played a joke on us. We went camping and we was like me and my friends and we were like in the tent, like telling scary stories. And then we heard, we heard, um. Uh, we heard like my dad screaming. He was like, who are you? What are you doing? Get out of here. Ah! And then we're like, what the fuck? And we, we didn't say what the fuck. We were like, yeah. oh my goodness. And, <laughs> and we like grab our flashlights and we like go out and we're like trying to find it. And I, I shine my flashlight and I see my dad hanging from his neck in a tree. Oh my God. From a, 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 a hose. 
and he looks like he's dead. And so we freak out. Yeah. And then my dad starts laughing. And so he had taken a hose and run it down through his shirt, down his pants and made a little loop and was standing in it and then thrown it over the tree and like hoisted himself up and, and thought he thought it was like, Oh, that was so funny. Yeah. That's really fucked up. And we're like, I was like, Oh my God. So I'd tell people that and I was like, Oh, isn't that a funny thing? And people are like, that is not funny. That's like deeply (laughs) disturbing and disturbing. And so all of those things, so that's all kind of how, and then, and then at some point, I remember when it was happening, I was like at a business conference in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I was like walking around exploring Atlanta and I just, I was like, and I was just kind of thinking about it and I was like, it just kind of popped into my head. I was like, I think I might be traumatized. Like I might have unresolved trauma and, and that had kind of come to my awareness because I'd listened to this podcast by this guy, uh, his name's Bessel van de Kolk. He wrote a book called The Body Keeps the Score. Of course, yeah. Which is this brilliant book about Amazing how, book. Yeah. how trauma is stored in your body. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I listened to that. And so I was just like, I think that might be it. And so I got on my phone and I just Googled trauma therapist in St. George. That's where I lived at the time. And I found this really wonderful. There was like the first result and she had great reviews. And so I called her up and I was like, Hey, I'm pretty sure I'm traumatized. Can I come in and see you and you can like help me with that? And she was like, sure. And so I went in and I sat down and I told her, I, I was like, this is where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, this is all this. And I was like, you need to help me. Was she like, yeah, you're traumatized. She's like, yeah, you're totally traumatized. <laughs> And so she did, uh, she did EMDR yep. and, uh, um, uh, psychosomatic mm-hmm. work with me. So psychosomatic is, yeah, like, I've done, I've done both. Oh, but, so you, no, explain it to the listeners. Yeah, so, so psychosomatic is mostly what I did. And psychosomatic is, is the therapist sits across from you and, and, and she just asks you to kind of feel your body mm-hmm. and then she mirrors you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and then she just has you check in and then notice what you're feeling. And at first I was like, this is bullshit. Why am I paying you $175? And then all of a sudden you're sobbing. And, and then all of a sudden yeah. I'm like on the floor yeah. right and and so that's an insane experience it's an insane experience right yeah. and that started that started um uh like some shakes in my body mm-hmm. uh that lasted for about 18 months wow so so every night i would go into the closet and i'd like lay down on my floor and i would just shake uncontrollably for like an hour or two mm-hmm. and then i'd go to bed mm-hmm. and that was so shaking is one of the ways that bo- your body releases trauma and releases stress mm-hmm. and in fact I, I don't know i can show you this so this is like the difference of me. So this is my driver's license from before trauma therapy and then after. You really do see a difference. Yeah. I'm a totally different person, right? My entire face change changes. You look really scary in the yeah. first one. Like yeah. you look like you could kill someone. I look I look like I've been killing people. Yes. Yeah. And so part of like part of what I'm doing, right? Part of the whole vision of the next part of my I life. I was about to say, yeah. Now is is so comedy is is my way of telling a story and of like grabbing attention. So right now in in the United States there are hundreds of millions of dollars that are being generated on people's interest in Mormonism, right? Mm-hmm. Like Book of Mormon musical, yep. 500 million dollars, mm-hmm. right? Uh educated sold 4 million copies. Yeah, you can monetize it. Right? Like so there's tons and tons of money, the Sister Wives show, mm-hmm. millions of dollars, right? There's tons of money being generated, but none of it is going to helping victims, mm-hmm. right? Like I that dude Mm-hmm. I was a victim of a cult that abused me and traumatized me. And I was lucky because I got out and I was able to get into a, a, a job where I made good money mm-hmm. so that I could invest in my healing. But I spent tens of thousands of dollars to heal myself. And, and most people don't have that access to that kind of money. And so my vision is I'm, I'm 
telling my story, right? I want to mm-hmm. I want to grab as much in, as much attention and as many resources as I can, and then yeah. funnel that into a nonprofit that that supports people who leave, yeah, and kind of pays for their therapy because it's incredibly expensive and prohibitive, and they don't often don't even know that they need it, and that's where I come in because I can I can speak to that because mm-hmm. I was them, and I can be like, look, I know I can see the trauma in your eyes. I know where that comes from. That was me. And it's an I, amazing goal. I can help you out of that, right? Um, my final question for you is what is, if one of my listeners is in Salt Lake City, where should they go and eat? What's your favorite restaurant? Oh, that's such a good question. They should go to a place called the White Horse. Okay. And the White Horse is fun because it's, so it's a bar and, a, and an eatery. What they should get there are the Brussels sprouts because they're amazing. Okay. And what's the reason it's called the White Horse is that uh, one of the prophecies that Joseph Smith made was called the White Horse Prophecy, where he prophesied that in the last days, which is right now, yeah. that the, the Constitution would be hanging by a thread and the world would be in chaos. And then a, a white horse would descend from the mountains and save America. And the white horse is the Mormons. So I don't know if that's true or not, but they named their their bar after that. And then they've got like a whole bunch of like old Mormon books in there that they'll bring you your like your bill just like stuck in this old Mormon book. And it's it's a cool vibe and it's hilarious. Wow. So is it kind of satirical towards totally. Mormonism? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a bar. Like, and they have great Brussels sprouts. And they have great Brussels sprouts. Okay. So go to the White Horse. Go to the White Horse. Ben, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for You were like the easiest I had... interview. I didn't even ask any questions. Oh my God. I had so much fun. You rock. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and follow the podcast wherever it is you listen to it so that we can bring you more unexpected stories by ordinary people. And if you didn't like the episode, forget what I just said and just please don't tell anyone.